Hello, Saints. Welcome to the Be Well MU podcast, a podcast for Marymount University students. Led by wellness ambassadors and health and well-being staff, we discuss important health and wellness topics with a new guest every Wednesday. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. My name is YY Yuljep, and I'm the case manager at the Office of Wellness. I'll be bringing you fast facts on each episode moving forward. Today, our topic is our community and food security. According to the well-being survey completed by Marymount University students in the fall of 2020, approximately 35% of you mentioned that you ate less than you felt you should or skipped meals because there wasn't enough money for food in the past month. And now I'm going to pass it back to our hosts to learn more about our community and food security. Now. Hello, everyone. I am your host, Jan Lin Ngo, fellow wellness ambassador and junior nursing student. And I am with my co-host, Dr. Laura Finkelstein, our assistant vice president for student health and well-being. Today, we will be talking about our community and food security at Marymount University with Karina Guzman, director of wellness. Thanks, Jan Lin. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura. and. I'm really excited about the topic today. Um, you know, we often talk about food insecurity, but what exactly is it and how can we um, help support our students and ourselves if, if we're, we have some challenges in this area. So um, now Jan Lin is going to take it from here. Thank you for joining us, Karina. Um, we're glad to have you here. Of course, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about this very important topic. Actually, do you want to introduce yourself, talk a little bit more about your, like where you got your education, what you like to do, just in your all time? Yeah. Um, yes, uh, thank you for asking. So um, my background is in health promotion or health education. Um, so it's kind of this idea of empowering people to take control of their health and wellness um, and catering it to themselves, right? Like no cookie cutter approach, but I specifically focus on groups, right? So here at Marymount, the group of college students, right? Um, how do we empower all of you to, to take initiative for your health? Um, and so on the spectrum of health and wellness, um, there's different topics, um, but food insecurity, um, goes right in there, right? So this idea of having access to food, if you don't have access to food, um, then we probably can't be talking about maybe more in-depth wellness needs like, um, like, like exercise or, or not exercise, I guess we could always move our body, but I guess I'm trying to say it's a foundation, it's, it's a need. And so we always start there before we skip ahead. So yeah, that is a little bit about my background. I don't know if there's anything specific though, Jalen, that you'd want to know. Um, give me one thing that you like to do to reset, like self-care. What makes you happy? Just one thing. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think this changes with different years and stuff, but uh, currently in the last two years, um, I love cooking. Like I've always loved to cook, but I find out that it's really relaxing for me and I feel so happy when I'm doing it. And so I didn't used to feel that way before. I just liked it because creative, but now I just, you know, I usually meal prep on Sundays for the week. And if I just look forward to Sundays and cooking my meals, like I love cooking. It's so relaxing and 
it just helps me reset and it helps me feel like I'm being intentional about my week too. So I think cooking is my de-stressor and I know it's not like a popular thing, but it is for me. Yeah. Can you can you please give me some of that energy? Because I don't like cooking. <laughs> I think also I just love eating. So it's just this idea of like cooking to eat and like have really good flavors and having a lunch to look forward to and a nice break um, to kind of break my day out. So it's kind of, it motivates me to be like, set yourself up for a good break at work by having a good lunch, you know? So maybe I just like too much. Yeah, I really like how you worded that because I see, or at least recently, I see food as fuel. Like, how can I best feel for my body? And like, what is going to taste good for me? Like, what is going to satisfy me? But then also like, what is going to give me the best energy? And I notice like, how I feel after I eat, how much I eat. And anyways, this is really interesting. <laughs> yes, yes. No, I totally agree. Um, food is energy. And, you know, we all need to eat. We all need energy. And so really looking at what is best for us based on our budget, our culture, our our palate preferences. There's all these things that kind of make it unique to us. Yeah. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, all right, let's dive right in. Um, so what is food insecurity and how is it defined? Yes, that's a great question. Um, so Food insecurity is when we have limited access to food. So um, we're talking about access to food. Um, so let me give you an example. Again, that can also be a spectrum. It can be something like, I don't have money to buy food for the next month. I have no idea how I'm going to eat, right? That's on one end of the spectrum. Um, on the other end, it could be, you know, you usually budget with $40 a week. And this week, um, your tire broke. And so you had to spend money on that. And so now that $40 is gone. So you're not sure how you're going to like buy groceries this week. Um, or it could also be, um, you know, it's, it's the end of the pay period and you are a little short on money for lunch tomorrow, right? It's like that one. So I guess I'm trying to describe like a long-term situation, a, a medium term, which would be like the week. And then that, that just that one off, like, oh, I just don't have money for lunch today, but once I get paid tomorrow, I'll be fine. So it's a spectrum um, and it looks different for different people. It doesn't have to be ongoing. It can just happen a couple times a year, a month. Um, but I guess my point is, um, it's not having access to food and then whatever that means to you. One more example, sorry. So it's not having access to food. I gave those examples, but also it can be like limiting what you're eating because you're like pacing. So maybe if you have a little, uh, if you have a bowl of rice, beans and chicken, maybe um, eating a lesser portion because you're saving it for later. So I guess I gave financial examples at first, but there's also like, um like portioning and yeah and so on and so forth those are two examples but yeah do you kind of do you get kind of what i'm saying or should i yeah i like how you show that it's not like how food insecurity is not black and white it's kind of grayscale they're like different scenarios and different i guess like um dimensions to food insecurity yeah and it can look different for different people exactly Exactly. Yay. Um, and so what are some resources that are in place 
um, to protect against food insecurity at Marymount? Yes, so we actually have a couple um, of different initiatives and we'll dive into each one, but I just wanna list them off really quick here. So we have our Apollonis campus cupboards. We have our Saints Whites. We have a referral process. We have a food for thought club that does amazing work. Um, and they also have a garden. And we have emergency food kits in the office of wellness. So kind of a lot of mouthful, but I just wanted to list them off here in the beginning if you just kind of get to this part of the podcast. Um, but I'm happy to go into more detail with each one, Jitlin. Yeah, so um, I think the first one is Apollonis cabinets, right? Yes, the Apollonis campus cupboards or just Apollonis. Yeah, can you tell me more about, about them? I think, okay, well, okay guys, I'll be real. I'm a wellness ambassador, so I already know all these things. <laughs> but um, I guess we can just, Karina and I can talk about the, the different Apollonis cap, um, cupboards around campus. Um, yeah. So there's five locations. Um, if you've seen like the blue kind of uh, cabinets or cupboards around campus, there's five locations or like a like a Marymount blue, a Bezier blue, I believe it's called. Um, so there's one in the third floor of Boston, if you've seen that one. There's one in Butler near the classrooms. There is one in the lodge in the commuter lounge. There is one in Rowley G1, close to the career services. And I'm missing, there's one more. One Carruthers, do we see Yes, that? right. There's another one in Carruthers near the bookstore. So if you haven't seen them, check them out. If you pass by, you know, don't be shy. You can open the cabinets, there's flyers on there or a brochure that talks a little bit more about the meaning behind the name Apollonis. But basically what Apollonis is, it's a take what you need and give when you can initiative. So members of our community, staff, faculty, and students um, leave their donations or their extra kind of non-perishable foods there. And then members of our community, staff, faculty, and students can um, you know, take something when they need it. Maybe they're in between class. Like no reason is necessary just if you want to just pick something up um, and then we always ask you know kind of this honor policy that if you can when you can that you return it the favor you know for someone else um, but just no pressure there's that's just kind of the model take what you need give when you can but yeah um, so I mentioned those are non-perishable foods um, and you know something you'll find like um, dried beans canned beans um, soups uh, rice, uh, sometimes it'll be like fast snacks like granolas and protein bars, um, pasta. I'm trying to think what else, Janlin. Um, oatmeal. Um, there's different, yeah, there's different kind of snacks. We try to cater it to um, different diets to people who eat meat, people who are gluten-free or vegetarian, just different dietary um, lifestyles. I have a question about that. So if you're wanting to give what you can, that piece of it, um, are there any restrictions on what you can give? So I guess um, I'm going to answer that two ways. 
So there's like a larger, so Office of Wellness, like every semester we'll look um, at each cupboard, we'll assess if we see things are empty, we have a budget that, that is allocated to purchase. Um, and I know sometimes staff and faculty um, will kind of uh, volunteer for different time periods throughout the semester to drop off items um, as a department. But then there's also like the one-offs, right? Like a student can bring a few cans from home and put them in as well. So to answer your question, Laura, those are the three different ways to donate. And there's not really any restrictions other than it has to be non-perishable. You wanna make sure it's not expired. Um, you know, we stay away from the word healthy. We don't, we don't really want to label any of the foods as healthy or not healthy, but we encourage um, nutritious donations, right? So just wholesome nutritious donations, and that can mean different things, but something that like we wouldn't um, see at the cupboards would be like, we wouldn't see um, like, you know, those, I'm going to call them the fun snacks. Like we wouldn't see like Oreos or Doritos or Skittles. Not that there's anything wrong with those foods, but again, we're going back to nutritious foods. They're not the most nutritious. So we want to look out for a little bit more nutritious um, foods. Again, not that there's anything wrong with those foods, but that's more of the culture of the, of the cupboards. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, like, just personally, uh, speaking, I use the Appalachian cabinets every now and then. Um, I'm a commuter, and so sometimes I just pack my lunch and I forget to grab a snack. Um, so then I would go to the cabinets and just pick one up. Um, but then I always make sure, like, it's kind of a karma thing for me where I every month drop off a couple of canned goods, some fruit cups, some snacks, or whatever, like some other things I pick up in the grocery store and then I drop them off. Like, um, and just to show that like there are people who donate. And so whenever I do my rounds as a wellness ambassador and check in the cupboards and I see that people donate, it makes me so happy. And then <laughs> when the cupboards get MCC, like that makes me happy. Cause that means like these Apollonis cupboards actually work and that students are actually using them. So I, it feels good whenever I restock them and whenever my other wellness ambassadors, my other co-workers restock them as well. Yeah, um, oh, I love to hear that, that part you mentioned, just like that you'll take sometimes and you'll put sometimes like that is what is supposed to happen, but it's just so um, nice to hear. I'm like, cause you know, I'm not babysitting the, the cupboards. I never see a lot of action, right? So it's just nice to see, to hear that, yeah. Okay, um, so Let's talk about the saint swipes. Okay. So the saint swipes, how do I describe these? Um, these are prepaid meal swipes for Gerard Dining. That's simply put, prepaid individual meal swipes. Um, the Office of Wellness um, partnered with SGA in the past um, to come up with a, with a budget to that we allocate for pre-purchasing meal swipes. So if you're a student who doesn't have a meal plan or, um, you know, you forgot your lunch, like whatever it may be, or just that day, um, things were a little tight, whatever the situation is, um, you can go up to Gerard Dining Hall and at the front desk, you just kindly ask, hey, I'm wondering if there are any saint swipes today. So you use the word saint swipe. And so the staff member will check um, again, we pre-purchase them. So, you know, 
the availability varies. Like there might be 30 in one day and then that, by the night there might be two, you know? So that's why we always ask. It's not always readily available, but yeah, it's a prepaid meal swipe and it's, you just say your, you just show your ID to confirm that you're a student, right? Cause we wanna make sure it doesn't go to like off campus students or not off campus, excuse me, students from other schools. Um, but you know, they don't log your name or anything. Um, but yeah, so that is a scene swipe and it gets you a warm meal, just like a regular swipe would. So whatever is on the menu that day, and that's only at Gerard Dining, um, but that is a scene swipe. And I have also used a couple of scene swipes. Um, yes. They will, the, the front ladies, they're always so nice, um, but they will write your name down, your student ID, just to like keep track of, um. of just for record keeping. But they will ensure you that you are not getting charged for student accounts or anything like that. Like you will not get billed for this because um, it's repeat for. And this is for us, like this is for the students. Right. Yes. Um, huh. Oh, I have a question. Is there yeah. a limit to how many St. Swipes a student can use in a semester? Um, we don't currently log how many swipes a student is um, using per week, no. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about the Food for Thought Garden? Like what oh, is yes. who it leads it? Um, how, who does it benefit? Yes. So the Food for Thought Club is a club that was founded by Susan Agolini, um, Dr. Susan Agolini, who is one of our professors in the biology department. Um, so if you want to get involved with this, um, you can always reach out um, to Mina or to the Be Well account. We'll connect you. But basically, they're a really amazing club. They promote sustainable living, um, especially in urban agriculture. Um, they also work to start a on-campus garden. So I don't, it's kind of tucked away if you don't know where it is, but there's actually a garden at Marymount. It's behind the guardhouse facing Glebe where they grow produce. Like it's really cool. Um, they've had, I, I know they've had kale. They had kale in fall 2020. Um, and they, I'm trying to think. Okay, they have a lot of veggies. And I can't think of all of them right now, but kale is just the first one that came to mind. But anyways, um, they, um, with the produce, they sometimes um, will package it and send it out outside of the Marymount community um, to some of our food organizations. Um, and also, the, this produce, you know, is also available to our Marymount community. There's just a little bit of kind of coordination that has to be done, right? So between the Food for Thought Club and Dr. Susan Agolini and the Office of Wellness, we can coordinate if you're interested um, in some of the fresh produce. We can kind of coordinate that and maybe set you up to pick it up on a Friday or the end of the week um, or wherever, whenever you need it. Um, but yeah, that's something that most students don't know about, and it's kind of hard to market because it's not like a pick on your own, but it's like if you, if there's something in season that you like, we will like pick it. And uh, I think it's called gleaming. That's the, probably the agricultural term, gleam, gleam it for you, which is like picking it, cleaning it, and like um, 
putting it in like a little package or a little paper package for you. So garden and the Food for Thought Club, kind of two for one there, Janlyn. Yeah, I actually did not know like all the details that you just talked about. Like I knew there was a garden and I, I see it every time I park in the parking lot in front of yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been there for a while too. Like it's, um, they do a really good job of taking care of it and planting um, seeds and everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's really great how we have that at Marymount. Yeah. Um, Okay, so if I have a friend who may be struggling with access to food, um, can I refer them or can I refer myself? That's a great question. Okay, so if you wanna refer someone or yourself, um, I was gonna say you could just email the Office of Wellness or the Be Well account, but I think the best way would actually be to submit a care report so I don't know if you all are familiar with CARE. CARE is a referral process. So if you go to the Marymount website, so marymount.edu and you type in CARE, C-A-R-E, um, you'll click it and it takes you to like a reporting link. It kind of looks like a Google form. It's just like something you can submit. And so this will probably be the best way for you to refer yourself or someone else. You'll just simply type your name or their name and when it says reason for referral, um, you'll just select food, food insecurity. Um, there's other reasons that you can use this form, right? So you'll find other things on the checklist, but you just check, check whatever applies. So you'll put your name on this form, on this electronic form online, and you'll put your ID number, you'll check food insecurity, and you'll click submit. And that form goes directly to our office and our case manager, YY, he will get the report immediately. And within two days, um, he or someone from the care team, which are staff and faculty, um, will reach out to that student to connect them to resources. And resources would be one of the things I just shared. So Apollonis, um, St. Swipes, um, the Food for Thought Garden or Club, or um, kind of taking it a next step, um, the referral might stay within the Office of Wellness. So we have food emergency kits. So we kind of try to keep a couple kits that would last one student like about a week. And so we have like, I would say like five days, like a five day food emergency kit. So if you're in a situation or you know someone who's in a situation where um, they, need, they need food and they need it now and it's going to be like, a couple like five days like a couple of days to hold them over um we have that as well and you will access that through the care report and you can find that online yes so i just googled marymount care report is the first thing that popped up and it's this really simple form that you fill out and i saw all of the different um reasons for reporting um including some covid concerns as well so thank you for sharing that. I don't think a lot of students know about it. Um, so this is this is good to know. Yes, uh, I love that we can talk about it and we can share and promote it a little bit more. Thank you. Um, so if I live off campus, um, what are some tips to help me get connected to food banks in my community? 
Yes. So I love that question. I think I did want to just kind of take a moment to say one more thing and then I'll answer that. But I want to just, I guess I should have said this at first, but I want to acknowledge the fact that all of our initiatives will not solve food insecurity, right? They're not going to solve the issue and it's not going to make it go away for our students. Um, but they're hopefully um, resources or kind of like safety nets to help protect our students from it getting worse or from it getting to a point where um, it's too much and it interferes with their classes or whatever. Um, so with that being said, we also know that not everyone's on campus all the time and they can't always utilize these resources or sometimes the problem, I don't wanna say the problem, but but the issue is a little bigger than, than these short term, you know, St. Swipes is a one meal, Apollonia's is a few snacks here and here, but if you need something to sustain you more long-term, we always recommend that you find a local food bank in your community. Um, it, when I say in your community, I mean like in your county or in your zip code, right? That's kind of the way that it's usually filtered. So if you're looking for a, a quick search, um, again, if you go to the Marymount website and you search wellness, it'll take you to the wellness webpage. One of our tabs on the left side says something like community resources. And so there we have outlined all the different kinds of resources that you can find in the community from food banks to free clinics to um, free transportation assistance, like anything that may come up. So you just search the website community resources. And there's a chart that has different counties in the area. So you might find like Prince William, Prince George, DC, and Arlington kind of listed out. So you just pick the county that is that you're in. And there should be a contact information for a local food bank in your area that we've identified. Um, if there are any missing, I'd love to add more. This is a growing and active and live list. Um, but yeah, so to answer your question, Jalen, I know I kind of took it a long way, but it's this idea of really feeling empowered to reach out to your county um, local food banks and knowing that that's for you and that, you know, they, they usually work in a way that you can provide proof of where you live. They, again, depending on the different food bank, you can pick up produce and food like on a weekly or every two week kind of basis. And so that is more of a long-term um, solution, right? So again, back to the spectrum, just identifying and assessing where you are and then feeling empowered to connect to the resource that you need for your circumstances or your situation. Yes, yeah, I'm actually looking at the website right now and it was, I followed your directions um under community resources there are food banks free or low-cost clinics free or low-cost dental clinics transportation gas assistance shelters and local meetings um so it has everything that you said it's all in one place um of course like you said this is a growing list um so but this is a great place to start um so thank you so much for talking about that of course, I'm happy to talk about all the resources here at Marymount or in your community more one-on-one, -on -one, right? So uh, 
any information I can share, I'm happy to. You can always set up meetings with anyone in our office. Our wellness ambassadors are well-versed on these initiatives. So is our case manager. So um, yeah, I, I think it's just asking and we'll, we'll do our best to connect you. Although, like, again, this is not, this should not feel isolating, you know, we use the word community a lot when we talk about food insecurity, because it's, we're all in this together and we're all here. Yeah. Sorry. Say that again, one more time. Oh, no, I was just saying, um, like, it's awesome that Marymount has all of these initiatives and efforts in place. Um, just because like, these are things that are real, like these are real issues that people face. And, and I just want our listeners to know that if you struggle, like, you can be heard at Marymount, and we will try our best to help you. Um, and all these initiatives do work. I I use them sometimes. My friends have used them sometimes. Um, and it makes me so happy when people use them just because we know that they work um, and that we're here to support um, students at Marymount. So thank you so much for speaking with us today, Karina. Of course, Jalen and Laura, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it was it was really great, Karina. Thanks. And I, I do think, you know, just from that statistic that YY shared earlier about 35% um, of, of you all mentioning that food insecurity is a problem at times. I mean, I think as, as we've been saying, this is a widespread issue and we're working on it. We want to help you with it. And um, hopefully maybe today has helped a little bit destigmatize this concept if, if um, you're someone who's needing some help with this. So we hope you'll take advantage of our, our great resources. And thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we post a new podcast every Wednesday. And next week, we'll be talking about faith and spirituality. Um, what's faith got to do with it is the name. And that will be with uh, the Office of Ministry and Spiritual Life. So if you have any um, questions or thoughts about that episode, feel free to email us um, and we'll try and incorporate them. And our email address is, Karina, remind me one more time what it is. Yeah, it's bewell at marymount.edu. Okay, perfect. Bewell at marymount.edu. So thanks everyone for joining us today. And thanks Karina and Jan Lynn. And um, we hope everyone's staying healthy and safe out there. Bye.